Hello there, extraordinary being. It's your host, Caleb Nelson here. Before we get going with today's episode, I want to take a moment to say thank you for being a valued listener of the Naked Sunday podcast. My singular hope is to host beautiful conversations with amazing people so they can share their stories, their wisdom, their insight, and their life experience so you can garner those lessons and apply it in your own life. Hopefully, you're going to see a lot of improvements and growth in your everyday existence. If you are finding value in these episodes, it would mean a great deal to me if you went ahead and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening. And go ahead and you can connect with us more on Instagram and TikTok. Just look for at Naked Sunday Podcast and we'll be somewhere there. If you're wanting more help, if you're wanting to go on your own personal journey and you want a coach to guide you on that experience, on the journey inward, and looking better naked inside and out and finding more joy and confidence within yourself, you can reach me on one of those platforms and love to have a conversation about that. Again, thank you so much for sharing your time and your energy. You only have so much of those precious resources to go around every week and for you to choose to share that with us. And that really touches my heart. So thank you. On to the show now. And I remind you as always to love everybody. All right, beautiful humans, welcome back to another episode of Naked Sunday. I am your host, Caleb Nelson, and I have my friend Rob Scott on the program today. On the program, I feel like, like a like that's geri- really formal. Yeah, it's very formal, very like geriatric. Like I'm watching my programs, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Not to say, hey, I love my I love my elder demo. You know, I I realized once I, I I haven't checked like my demo like who listens to this podcast in a long time. I've learned it's like I have a lot of women like 40s, and oh, then yeah. like there was a gap, and then like 60 plus, and it's a lot of like women. So huh. all my moms out there because it's a lot of moms too. Love all Stuff. of you and all the dads listening and all that. We were just talking about dads beforehand, like what it would mean yep. to be a father and all that. So anyway, thanks for hopping on today, brother. I'm hyped for this conversation. You're just an awesome dude. So thanks for showing up. Same here. And I'm, I'm really glad to be on here. It, any conversation I get to have with you is a good conversation and just it blesses my day. So yeah, hopefully this will be a blessing for other people as well. <laughs> Bro, you're getting me all in my feels. <laughs> to that effect, I like to start every episode with why I appreciate and love my guest because, uh, and it's been inspired, and I'm just going to continue to tell why people why I do it, uh, because I think we need to do more of it in this world, and I think it is a solid premise for the first step in that direction of the whole thing called world peace. So that's where it's coming from, and Oose. in that vein of thought, you, my friend, one, I love what you do. Like when anybody's going to lean on forgiveness as a platform, I think that something within that, and we're going to talk more about what you do fundamentally in a second, but like as saying like, I'm going to lean into that. Mm -hmm. That speaks to a humility within yourself that I think is a, a really valuable trait as a person to uphold because humility to say, Hey, either I was, I need to forgive you or you need to forgive me or I need to forgive myself. There's a, Hey, let's acknowledge the truth. Let's be honest with ourselves. How can we move forward together? And I, you know, I mentioned world peace, like it's about forgiveness first mm-hmm. and saying, let's move forward. So I think that's really inspiring. I'm really, I'm really grateful for that there's somebody like you in the world who's leaning on that as a, as a platform to like move the needle forward and helping people find that. 
I just had recorded an episode with my first business partner the other day. Who, there's a whole saga. If anybody wants to listen to it, listen to the first few episodes of this podcast. It was the two of us starting together, but we brought it back up and I brought up forgiveness again because I've been meditating on a lot lately. And of course I have you on today. So like, <laughs> sick. So Perfect timing. <laughs> it's good that, stuff. Thanks for being a champion for that, my friend. I think it's Absolutely. deeply valuable. So you're awesome. You're rad. Oh, well, thank you very much. I, it's it's totally transformed my life. It, it's allowed more love to flow in my life and my family's life and other people's lives. It just, it really is transformational. And I know it, a lot of people go, man, that's nice. You know, forgiveness, especially from the male crowd, forgiveness, that's a pansy thing to, you know, go about. Uh, but when you look at it, and there's actually a lot of science behind it, you know, I believe science has kind of caught up with the Bible on the importance of forgiveness. But, you know, if you're just going with the science, it's huge. I mean, it is absolutely huge. Um, and it does lead to more peace and absolutely is that change agent. Mm, so I love it. Well, you, you can't hold on to resentment once forgiveness happens. And yeah. I think resentment and anger, it really like poisons your soul more or less. Like if let's just go straight to what I, where I operate from, like how, and how can you create any real beauty in this life? If you're, if it's foundation is in something that is, it's tainted by that. And it's, it's coming from like a place of malice it's or spite. And I know where I've been in my life when I just operate mm -hmm. out of spite, like I might've had some external success to a certain level, but damn, it came to a screeching halt. Like, mm -hmm. and i i uh, it's that brick wall that you will run into eventually you know you can use anger a lot of a lot of people use anger to motivate them to get stuff done to take action but at some point you're going to hit that brick wall and it will actually eat you up from the inside out go you know it's a spiritual thing you know body mind and spirit you know we have them <laughs> and they are interconnected <laughs> and oh, man oh you already got like me all in my feels right now i love it before we go too far off too many roads like right, we should right. probably make sure that people know who the hell you are <laughs> <laughs> to that effect you know yourself better than i ever will so rob my friend share with us who are you well, uh, my name is Rob, and I'm known as the Forgiveness Guy. I'm the founder of the Forgiveness Link, and really, you know, my day-to-day -day operations, I'm a subconscious janitor. I help people, you know, clear out the junk that they've been holding on to, and that's showing up in their lives in whatever way that is, whether it's a chronic pain, whether it's emotional distress issues in business, if you find people shoot themselves in the foot over and over again, and they can't figure out why. Well, <laughs> I go and find the why and, you know, take care of it with forgiveness. So, um, and I'm also a brand new father. You know, we were talking about that right before we jumped on. Uh, my daughter hit five months yesterday. She came on Christmas. So I've, I had one of the best Christmases ever last year. And, you know, life is just full of adventure right now. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, so awesome. Mm. Yeah, I can't love love what I do, um, and love love getting to talk to people like yourself and you know other people around the world. It's absolutely fantastic. I'm mm. very blessed to be 
you know, in my position right now. So, well, obviously something like this, well, at least it's obvious to me, doesn't just come out of nowhere. Like it, it's certainly a calling. It's certainly a, there's a pull and I want to, I'll get into my perspective on it a little later. I want to hear more from you. How did we get here? What drew you to this? What's the journey to this? So I've had a really whirlwind adventure of a journey. When I was in high school, you know, my family background was just chaos. Think Cinderella. My brother and I were Cinderella in the family. Um, and not to say that I don't love my family and all that kind of stuff, but it was it wasn't exactly the, you know, white picket fence and, you know, house kind of thing. That being said, went on a really long journey, did some mission work in Russia, South Korea, came back, uh, wasn't really finding my place, kind of did a lot of different odd jobs. Uh, before I jumped into what I'm doing now, I was in the life insurance business. I got into that because four of my friends passed away in the summer. And I'm like, hey, look, this is not cool. Got to figure out a solution here because they only had GoFundMe campaigns to pay for things. So, uh, but life was not going as I wanted it to and uh, kind of went on a spiritual journey in 2019. And at the end of the year, I got this email saying, hey, look, come look, you know, at this forgiveness technique at this conference. And hey, you might get to be, you know, a demo dummy. Uh, and since my wife knows the creator of this forgiveness technique, I kind of had an in and I got to be the demo dummy for chronic pain. Mm. And so at this change for good conference, uh, I went up, I had a pain in my back. I've seen doctors, I'd seen chiropractors, massage therapists, acupuncturists all over the world trying to figure this thing out. No one could really touch it. It was just kind of constantly there. Well, at the end of that demo session, literally the pain disappeared just like that. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. Cause I was skeptical. I'm like, you know, forgiveness, pain going away. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but it really disappeared. I saw myself in the mirror for the first time and my wife stopped walking on eggshells because what my body was holding onto was anger, frustration, abandonment, and disassociation from when my parents announced they were getting a divorce when I was eight years old. So I was literally a high functioning, angry eight year old robot till January of 2020. And after that, I'm like, shoot, more people need this. And this is what I was meant to do because forgiveness had been a part of my life. I didn't realize how bad at it I was <laughs> until that moment. So I got trained and you know, I've been helping people ever since. You said something interesting right there at the end that forgiveness had had been a big part of my life. Now, mm. please feel free to like push back on this thought. Um, but what I'm finding a lot in mm -hmm. many people, the first part of their journey is more this, I'm going to call it the masculine energy of this. It's the mechanical of like, this is the process of forgiving the thing. And it's like, it's all about like, I'm always in control. I'm always in control. I'm always in control. <laughs> right. <laughs> but ironically, the notion of forgiveness is to let go of mm -hmm. something, which is in a way letting go of control. And so that's a very, <laughs> yep. let's call it, you know, for anybody who's a variety of trains of thought, whatever, from an existential standpoint, 
like yeah. I'm letting go of control. It's a very feminine energy of like flow and mm-hmm. passage. Structure is cool. Obviously, you said you know I've done some training or I've done like some. I have some a framework which the you're not just kind of like and just kind of like letting it go. right no there's definitely a framework to the process but there's a sense of like now there's like i have a new relationship with this mm-hmm. so is that like a line in your mind of like how you kind of went about it like it was a different way about forgiving beforehand and then i got to this point it was like t- take me a little bit through that yeah like, yeah like whatever no. your, your your reflections are on what i just yeah said. absolutely uh, and and you're right you know it's about control and uh, i grew up in the church and so you know forgiveness is a a big piece. I mean, that's what the cross is all about is the forgiveness of sins. And, you know, in the church, you learn, Hey, I forgive you. You know, you wronged me. We're going to move on. We're going to, you know, be brothers and sisters and work together and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so, you know, that's a very masculine is a good way of putting it kind of control type deal, but they're the aspects that I think the church really doesn't do a very good job of is teaching the emotional side of forgiveness because, hey, we are emotional beings and we hold on to emotions if we don't deal with them, good or bad. Um, and, and my father would say, Rob, yeah, you've forgiven me, but you know, let's put it this way. You buried the hatchet, but the handle's sticking up and you pull it out to use it <laughs> when, when it suits you. Uh, you go into a marriage, you know, you know, one or both spouses will bring up things from the past that, you know, you thought were buried and gone, you know, 10, 20 years ago. And all of a sudden, Hey, you know, this showed up. What? Uh, that was me. That was me with forgiveness and my relationship with it. I didn't really understand how to let go. And, you know, there is a bit of a process of it. Um, and so I learned more on the emotional side of forgiveness, you know, forgiving yourself, forgiving others and giving others permission to forgive you because, Hey, look, it takes two to tango. And, you know, you showed up, you know, the way you did in whatever exchange relationship you had. So it really opened my eyes to what a complete forgiveness looks like, not just, Hey, I forgive you and move on, you know, you can do that say those words but if you don't deal with all the emotions patterns and beliefs that were formed in that moment you know that's going to come back up it's it's that hatchet again it's a really unique way of putting it burying the hatchet but the handle's still sticking up and uh, the subsequent of like you bring it back up whenever it's convenient for you there's a mm, yeah self, i think selfishness in that oh yeah it's it's well, I think it's partly a defense mechanism. It was like controlling, being able to go, hey, look, uh, you've wronged me before. I'm expecting this again. Or if you slight me in any other way, you know, I'm just going to add, you know, this onto it. It's like, look, you've done this before and I'm going to beat you up over, you know, you doing it again. Hmm. When true forgiveness is that letting go is not holding the wrongs or the sins of the past against someone, you know, it's starting fresh, starting new, allowing love to really flow between you and the other person or thing, you know, even I've had people who had to forgive their cars (laughs) and that kind of stuff. It's, we have a relationship with everything and everyone in our lives. Let's just say that. Yeah, I agree. 
I think for anybody listening who has never been like they might oh you have all this trapped emotion in your back or shoulder or elbow whatever and I'm like fuck out of here you know I'm like <laughs> right. and as, it's kind of like that's a little too woo for my tastes now, right for anybody who is listening I'm going to just share my perspectives in the world on this absolutely having gone through some interesting things and having lived in a very mechanical and ex- and deliver a very mechanical surface level treatment to things mm-hmm. treatment treatment as a liberal world word there like went through like and had gone through my own stuff with my knee my back my shoulder all those other things mm-hmm. there was times i can personally attest to i would do all the quote-unquote right stuff i'm doing all the things and nothing was changing right and, and then i would look at the emotional component and you know, for the record, then my knee was one of the big ones because my mm-hmm. right knee, I have osteoarthritis. Well, I had doesn't hurt anymore. Um, knee, awesome. by the way, has a lot to do with ego, inflated mm-hmm. ego, and I sure as hell <laughs> as a man, I know I've had that problem. Mm-hmm. And the second I went and was like, I'm kind of being a jerk to people, and I'm like, get on my high horse about stuff. The second I acknowledged it, I was like, I'm gonna chill on that. It evaporated like the next day. So there's some realness to all of that as much as people don't want to grapple with it maybe from a practical standpoint and i just want to share my perspective and please i want you to elaborate as much as possible i think about body language and if Mm -hmm. you think about like carrying the burdens of something and you're stuck in a position like you're stuck holding a position for a long period of time because you're bracing against a perceived threat Mm -hmm. it will eventually get to a point where you you're so exhausted holding that position that pain will say, I can't do this no more. If you right. want to think of that, but that's from emotions, eliciting a physical response. We have response. We have people that talk about, I have anxiety all the time. It's like, mm-hmm. cool. Did your heart rate go up? Did you like start sweating and perspiring? Did you like start mm-hmm. gasping for air? Were, but wait, were you running on a treadmill? No, you weren't. You were sitting alone with your thoughts and you had some mm-hmm. feelings about those thoughts and you mm-hmm. worked yourself physically into a frenzy from a first principles right there. If we need to extend belief for somebody who might be struggling with that, like I go back to something like that and go like, Oh, got it. Like, and you put enough reps on that and you mm-hmm. pattern that enough times. Well, yeah, it's not a sustainable system because if you didn't address the root problem of like how we got there, yeah, that's going to, the system's going to break. It's going to tell you I'm screaming with pain physically or otherwise. So absolutely took on a, on a tangent there please like oh elaborate in there so much we can go into i mean uh the cdc and kaiser permanente back in the 90s did a study uh, on adverse childhood experiences so we're going into emotions and you know sure. all all kinds of fun stuff uh and they f- were trying to determine if there is a direct correlation between adverse childhood experiences that are not taken care of and disease later on in life all kinds of fun things from alcoholism to cancer and everything in between and lo and behold there is there is a direct correlation uh there's a great book called the body keeps the score and Mm -hmm. it goes into a lot of science behind how our traumas how emotions impact our you know chemical processes in our body how our you know organs function all that kind of fun stuff and then you know taking you know eastern philosophy medicine you know emotions are held on different organs it's amazing 
Now, some of the clients that I've worked with have had, you know, different organs removed, you know, throughout uh, the years. And lo and behold, what keeps showing up? A lot of emotions that are stored on that specific organ. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's that energy, you know, still stays there and stays stuck until you deal with it. But yes, absolutely. I mean, it is insane. I was, you know, up with a client uh, back in oh, a couple of weeks ago and she had pain in her back. She'd seen doctors. She had surgery. She was on medicine and it was all financial, you know, issues. And the financial side of things, you know, from when she was a child had nothing to do with, you know, currency and money. It had to do with love and acceptance and all kinds of fun, fun, different things, but it's emotions really do impact our bodies. The creator of this forgiveness technique is a chiropractor and she would have people come in after car wrecks and that kind of stuff. And she would adjust them. And then she would mention, just mention the car wreck and watch in real time as their spine went from in alignment back to where it started. Hmm. And, you know, so she used this forgiveness technique to help them forgive all the things that, you know, all the, all the things, all the emotions that were coming up from that accident. And as they released those emotions and she would adjust them again and mention it. And if it went out of alignment again, she would, you know, repeat the process until she could mention the accident and the body did not respond. Didn't go back to that original trauma state. Uh, so yeah, there's so much research and study that show that our emotions have a direct impact. You know, you're right. Ego is huge in the knees. <laughs> Uh, and it's <laughs> I had my acupuncturist pull out a book is Eastern medicine stuff and it's just like I had the couple of things that'll be pulled out and I go, oh shit here we go <laughs> yeah like it stared me and you know from this perspective and I did I was pulling up on this like subconsciously beforehand mm -hmm. and like this was like oh here's kind of like the rule book I was anytime somebody came into the the gym and they started like rattling off this 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 and this and this I'd be like, huh, I keep seeing this trend around this kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is becoming obvious. Now, I hope that this becomes very apparent here. It's like, that's not a quote unquote diagnostic. It's no. not saying like, I have all the answers, but like for me, and I'd be curious to hear your take on this as well in a second. It's like, that was a starting point. Like, hey, I guess that's maybe where we need to ask some questions. Like there, that might be a sign and symptom. Like, let's see where that goes. And they already knew. And I also want to make sure it's brought up in all of this is like, there's tools, call mm -hmm. it adjustments, call it, call it uh, Western medicine, medication, surgery, like there's tools, there's, oh, yeah. there's, there's strategies and they're not bad. They're not right or wrong. Like, I think we're like, you're this camp or that camp or all these other things. It's like, right. How about we start marrying the two of them and seeing like what works best, but we still need to have a conversation about the root of this thing, which sounds like what you're really talking about here to me. And there's a lot mm -hmm. around the efficacy of any treatment, any treatment of mm -hmm. any intervention around bedside manner. 
I.e. <laughs> conversation and mm-hmm. empathy and opening the door to say like, let's talk about the stuff. Like, how do you feel when I take you through this uncomfortable thing? If somebody doesn't feel safe, huh? you think they're gonna respond well to the treatment? Right. Oh, <laughs> no. no, I'm gonna relieve this painful thing and it's gonna be scarier the next time. It's like, duh. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, take take anything I said there for a ride because I just like I see that so much and like obviously you know we're seeing very wide eye on this thing. So oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's there definitely needs to be more of a marriage between a Western you know medicine where there's pills or surgeries and that kind of stuff, and then the holistic side, Eastern you know whatever you want to call it. You know, I'm I'm not a doctor you know or anything like that. Just to make it clear but I'm good at finding roots and there are absolutely root issues behind a lot of things in our lives. I mean, uh, I think about the first time that I learned that your thoughts really could impact your life, even kill you was I think in a, uh, the book, think and grow rich where he relayed a story of a guy who got caught, you know, at the bank stealing money, you know, while on the job and you know they did an audit and he went and checked himself into a hotel room and they went searching for him found him and he's laying on the bed going this is going to kill me this is going to kill me and he literally died mm-hmm. his thoughts impacted him that much emotions impact us our experiences from our past the ace test the test that the cdc and kaiser permanente showed that there's a root issue that tends to be emotional and from trauma that causes a lot of different things you know say about uh, i believe it's like up to 80 percent of the things that we deal with could be traced back to something from our past that's showing up and it's the body's way of saying hey you need to fix this you know we we've got some issues here you know let's let's take a look at yourself and what's going on and what well, even go up from a different perspective than the word necessarily fix it's like we're not necessarily broken it's more like why are you holding on to this i think right. there's that it's like this is making you feel safer well it's, it's just in in the process it's holding you back mm-hmm. i think that's like and i only say that because like in general i operate from the premise of like we're all whole you're not broken you're just a human being going through an experience that you haven't even like spent time with the perhaps this scary element of your life. It's terrifying. Right. Like, oh, am I going to go into the darkness? And like, but that's why I think, you know, what I love about like your transparency and all this stuff is like, hey, this is you as a human being. Yeah. And somebody's going to vibe with you and they go like, cool, like let's hit sit in this space. I jive with him. Let's talk about some of this stuff. And like whatever tools you happen to use and all the other stuff is like, okay, that's part of the, mm-hmm. part of the experience to right. confront stuff. Yeah. feel comfortable enough to go on that journey with you. I think there's a lot of power in that. Absolutely. And I, th- I think I, you know, use the word fix because the way I like to describe what's going on is the body creates an original file or let's say a game plan, you know, if you want to use sports metaphor and now uh, <laughs> we go in and, you know, it, the, best way to deal with that original file is to erase all the negative emotions patterns and beliefs to deal with what was supposed to serve you well but isn't serving you well anymore you know and instill positive emotions patterns and beliefs 
So we're kind of fixing that playbook to be a winning playbook versus the broken playbook that's you know causing you kind of all kinds of angst. So, but well, I, I would even I don't know why this just came to mind. It's like another way. I like that you said the winning playbook. Mm-hmm. I would, and the, my other side was like versus the not losing playbook, and those are two very different things. They are not playing not to lose is very different than playing to win. And when I think about winning, I don't know how much you've gone into like the Maslow stuff, but I stare at all the time. It's like the top of it, that whole self-actualization bit, which is actually four layers deep in that whole framework, but then won't go down too far down. That's like, I see that as thriving. Then everything below that is survival, surviving, which is don't die, don't die, don't die. But it's like, not lose, not lose, not lose. Like that's the, that's a right. narrative around that. It's like, just get them like getting enough stuff so that you don't die. <laughs> and I love how you brought it up. It's like playbook is almost like, here's the strategy for right now. Mm-hmm. But when you get to a certain point, like maybe you got to pivot and like shift that strategy, which I think is really cool that you're like. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. our, our bodies, our subconscious, you know, when we, you know, have an experience in the past, we create playbooks and we tend to repeat, you know, things especially unresolved conflicts in our lives to try and fix that original file and so our bodies go hey do we have a playbook for how to show up here and you know your body and your subconscious goes yeah this was when we were three and we're going to show up with anger you know frustration and maybe some low self-esteem and you know that's how you show up in the moment and moment by moment you can show up at different as a different age individual. And so fixing that, you know, file, creating a winning playbook means you're showing up with all the knowledge and wisdom that you've gained throughout the years, but also with those positive emotions, patterns, and beliefs that are going to help you succeed and propel yourself forward. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, the not losing, uh, this was shared with me, and I'm sure you've heard this, you cannot, not think about something no like for for those of you who are listening to this try not to think about a purple elephant try not to think about your toes in the sand with the waves crashing down you know your mind immediately thinks about those things because it does not register not and that gets pressed into your subconscious long enough that becomes the pattern and no, uh, so you end up doing what you do not want to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I laugh because I've heard it, it's speaking about speaking a different playbook. I, I always thought of it as pink elephants. That was where <laughs> my that's where my automatic like when I heard it, I was like, I see where I think I know where this is going. It's going to be pink elephants. Oh no, it's purple <laughs> elephants. Oh wait, whoa, whoa. So ironically, in real time, I just had my own thing of like, well, like there's another way to say this too. Like, what if I just started saying, don't think about purple elephants. Yep. Maybe now I just see elephants, elephants as purple. I've always only been thinking of those pink elephants. So uh, that, that was fun, which speaks to the power of, a lot of people talk about affirmations and all those mm-hmm. other things. From a functional standpoint, it's basically I'm visualizing success. I am putting myself in a pattern to say, how do I think through this? How, what right. does this look like? Oh, now I have a strategy to go back to. Like, I'm always sharing all of this this way because I think 
because there's a lot to say to be said about like the woo culture where it's just like we're off in the esoteric and like we can't ground this in a message that also knows how to meet people where we're at so i'm just saying from like oh yeah absolutely like, you're just building out consistent strategies to like do a new thing or to do to go mm -hmm. towards the thing you wanted that's a masculine energy but like i, I think what I think you're doing a great job of, and I'm only just saying it in a slightly different angle. So, hey, there's two ways. It's the oh, same yeah, absolutely. Said, yeah, is like, this is a way you can approach the problem. That's it. If you want to yeah. call it a problem, the challenge. And I, I think that that's, it's a beautiful how you're saying. It's like, you're really just meeting people where they're at and yeah. saying it practical. Oh, yeah. The, I, I'm a very practical person. <laughs> and, and I love how you're putting it because affirmations, I mean, are important you have to believe belief is huge um, in one's life you know if you believe you're going to fail you're going to fail i mean you can have all the best strategies in the world but you will subconsciously shoot yourself in the foot because you believe you're a failure been there in my life not exactly <laughs> a fun time uh, so those beliefs, those affirmations are absolutely important because essentially, you know, growing in life is growing into a newer and hopefully better version of yourself. You know, if you are visualizing a better version of where you want to be, what that feels like, what that looks like, you know, sight, taste, smell, touch, all of those things really get the feelings, the emotions in it, you have a better chance of stepping into that person sooner rather than later you mm -hmm. it's like you know any map you know you have a point a and a point b you know you have an idea of where you're going if you don't have that visual of where you're going what that looks like what that feels like and those affirmative beliefs about yourself and everything around you don't expect to get there it's it's going you're going to be winding your way through fog and we'll probably miss the destination so i'd like to hear your take on this and it's a it's a same thing but different slightly different at the same mm -hmm. thing um functionally we're saying the same thing um right growing into the better version of yourself i'm big into that the idea of like pursuit of your ideal self mm -hmm. um I've been thinking a lot about this way. We're actually to grow, to be, to ultimately become our ideal self. Mm -hmm. We actually need to let go of everything excess. We need to let go of all the stuff, which again, coming back to forgiveness, it's more about letting go. Mm -hmm. I am no longer going to, I'm no longer going to continue uh, to carry. I'm not going to allow myself to carry these excess burdens that do not serve the best version of me mm -hmm. but that, and the only reason why i'm repit like i'm presenting this thought out there because when we think of growing especially at the bottom of the maslow's hierarchy it's a lot about accumulating i need mm -hmm. more money i need more shelter i need more sex i need more acceptance i need more da -da 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 -da. like think about the american dream of like i got right. the house with the white picket fence Which and the, you know two and a half kids i got all the stuff i got enough money in that like that's awesome Mm -hmm. and it's cool and don't get me wrong like until you feel stable enough in that with enough abundance in one way shape or form external right. now you can perhaps feel safe enough to let go of the internal excess of burdens that you accumulated on the way 
which sounds strange. I'm going to do less, but I will do better. Right. So when when you started talking about that, what came to my mind was the fact that every seven years we are a new being. Like our DNA, you know, our skin cells they shed, you know, and different organs, you know, reproduce, you know, in a certain you know time frame themselves. Uh, but typically every seven years you're a new person, and our emotions are those traumas and that kind of stuff get you know passed down genetically so it goes down to the dna level so if you're you know looking to improve yourself and that kind of stuff you have to shed all of that stuff all that xx baggage emotional baggage whatever you want to call it and as you grow and you create more better habits you know shift and reframe how you're showing up that gets stored down to the dna level and gets passed on to your kids and grandkids and that kind of stuff it's absolutely you do less but you're much better because you're not holding as much you know the proper dna markers are switched on and you know the ones that aren't serving you well are switched off and Oh, life gets better. <laughs> I mean, it's that, it's that, it's, I know it's simplistic, but uh, it's, it is, you know. Simple does not mean easy. Let's make sure that's right. clear. Th this is that, AF. That, that is very true. It is, it is absolutely simple. It is not always easy. No, I mean, when I, when I first learned that you could reframe how you show up on a trauma from your past, uh, I read this book by Dr. Caroline Leaf called Switch on Your Brain. And she had a 63-day process to help you go through, reframe, you know, how you show up. I mean, essentially what I'm doing now, I do it a lot faster. But uh, I couldn't get past day one. You, I was so messed up, you know, so overloaded, overburdened with all kinds of past trauma that I did not have the capacity to work on it myself you know some people aren't at that stage they absolutely can and that's fantastic it's still going to be challenging because you're dealing with things that you have stored away you don't want to look at the mind doesn't want to look at it and you know going through it you know, i know a little bit about your story to know you know it's hard as f um uh, but it, you're allowed to swear if you do want yeah. to. <laughs> okay. By the way, uh, it's Naked Sunday, damn it. Let's do this. Yeah, hell, heck yeah. Um, you yeah, don't it's, have it's to, hard. though. Don't feel like you have pressure to having to swear. Right, right. But it, it absolutely can be hard as fuck. I mean, it's just there is so yeah. much crap that you, you're holding on to. Having help from people like us makes that process a lot easier, but it's it's necessary to grow. If you don't change, you know, don't take a look at yourself, you'll never really grow. You'll get to that point, you know, you're using that anger, you know, and it will take you so far, you'll hit a brick road, and then you will start burning yourself out. I mean, it's like, think about a car up against a wall, and it's trying to push through the wall. It's not going anywhere. Eventually, that engine's going to blow, and it's not going to be a pretty picture. I've been there. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs>
I love the metaphors you're using, man. I, I keep hearing like you just deplete your resources because people are usually at a dead sprint to run away from their what they're afraid of. That's really mm-hmm. what is, I, that's all I'm seeing with a lot of this and not realizing like, hey man, you're safe enough. But I think what you're, what you're brought up there is like, you're going to have to probably crash in some way, shape or form, unless you're going to be the chosen one who's wise enough to say, I see the, I see that this strategy is mm-hmm. leading toward, if you actually decide to listen to somebody who's like, hey, by the way, <laughs> might want to go do this now before it becomes a real problem, which might be like you watch somebody die and you didn't deal with regret or you know, name all your 90, 95 different things that it could be. Right. Way more than 95. <laughs> but like, just threw a number out there in the universe. For yeah. you, what was, so yours, it was a physical pain that was like the crash more or less? Well, at, at that point, like my life sucked. Um, I, you know, was selling life insurance. I had delivered pizzas, you know, uh, all, all these things. Like I did not expect to be here in the States, you know, I, for as long as I have been, I thought I was going to be over in Russia doing mission work, working with kids in camps and that kind of stuff. The life that I thought I would be leading, you know, wasn't taking place. I had a ton of anger issues with mentors father figures and my father and family from my past and i just i was an angry person um i wanted life to be better but i really did not know how to go about doing it like i said i read the book you know tried it couldn't even get the energy to work on myself i just i needed help uh, when i went to the seminar you know, that chronic pain and that experience being released and freed from that and literally showing up, you know, we, my wife and I got back from that conference and I was in the kitchen and I could feel my wife, you know, tensing up across the room. I'm like, babe, what's going on? And something was amiss and I made a comment, but, you know, not in anger or anything like that. My wife is like, normally you start to you know, get angry or blow up or get really intense with me. And I'm like, babe, that's not me anymore. I totally understand where you're coming from. I'm sorry. And I had no anger, you know, whatsoever in that moment, which before I would have, I didn't realize just how angry of a person I was, but that, that release really was the catalyst for me to start going through a lot more transformation because i had already gone through some spiritual transformation before that experience uh, and i've gone through a lot more since and i literally am more in tune with who i was created to be my authentic self now than i ever was before because i'm actually showing up as an adult and not that angry eight-year-old robot <laughs> so I don't know if you noticed there a second ago, I got a little emotional. So just, you know, like one, I respect you for going there. Um, that hit on some interesting levels with me and I don't think I'm fully able to even process what just went down. Um, That's fair. But I just want to thank you for that. I don't know what just happened, but I had a very interesting like dialogue play out in my mind while I was both very deeply connected to what you were saying. I also like <laughs> went on my own intrinsic journey um, and I'm processing it. I'm processing it real time. So forgive me if I sound a little. Bit oh funny. no, like, not usually. I, not, I love this. <laughs> okay, cool, man. Because I, I know this is the nature of this show. Like, 
I believe, and this is a big reason I brought up the whole, like, we are whole. We're both whole. I want us to both arrive here. Like, we're humans. Mm -hmm. You're a human going on your thing, and I'm a human. I'm going on my thing. And, like, even in my own coaching experiences, I don't, like, I'm just another person talking with you not at you and not vice versa like i happen to be holding space or you might be holding space like and i also think in the coaching or leadership paradigm whatever you want to call it i think it is not only wise i think it's necessary Mm -hmm. to be vulnerable i think it is it'd be hypocritic for me to hypocritical for me not to be authentic and honest with you i'm going to ask you to say share some shit with me so like I got a little teary-eyed a second ago. I'm going to work on processing that. So if anybody's listening and like, who's this crazy kid, Caleb, dealing, <laughs> dealing with his own tears on whatever. I've yet to actually oh, cry on stuff. The, I don't think I fully have like bawled my eyes out on this show yet, but I probably will at some point. Who knows? Maybe it'll be someone, a solo episode. <laughs> <laughs> someone someone will trigger it for you. Hey, I The pra- tears will flow, man. I appreciate you even bringing me to that space so unexpectedly. So like, cool. I don't even know where I'm at right now. I'm not even, I need to calibrate for a second, but like, bro, like, cool, cool yeah, story sharing that, that. No, not a problem. I mean, that's, that's one thing that, you know, a lot of people, you know, just kind of gravitate towards me, start talking, processing a lot of stuff. I've, it's a gift. Sometimes I've viewed it as a curse, but it, it really is a gift to be able to hold that space, you know, for people and help, you know, share my vulnerability because, you know, I know people have had worse lives than me, uh, by far. Uh, and I know people who have better lives than me. But what I can share and what I can bring to the table, you know, if it helps, you know, you can relate to it. That's great. I don't want anyone to <laughs> go through the crap that I've been through, or worse crap that I've seen others go through. Uh, and if I can, my journey can be a catalyst for change in people's lives uh, and for them to be able to figure out oh there's an area of my life i need to address uh, and go home and do so uh, i think i've had a winning day you know in a winning conversation well two things just came from what you said there one you lead with the, uh, that vulnerability. I think that's really powerful. I think it gives permission to others to let their wall down saying like, oh, it's it's that modeling thing before. Like, I'm modeling what this can look like. And most people, until they see it, they don't understand what it can be. And sometimes just being like, here's that one step of like, let's just try that. Like, I'm going to be real with you. Here's some stuff about me. Cool, you're yeah. allowed to do it. Um, I can be intense for some people. Like I used to lead real intense with my own stuff. Just be like, cool, let's do that. But like, it gives permission for like, here's the scope we can cover for right now. Right. The secondary thing you said about that was um, like, this is how it's a good day. And I don't want other people to like, there's a lot of empathy. Like, I just hope somebody doesn't have to feel my pain that I did or worse. And in my own line of work and just doing this podcast, mind you, like I welcome people on very similar minded to to like and and like intentioned mm-hmm. as you it gives it makes me go, like i hear it more and more i'm like we're all ultimately deep down all we really want to do is like we want to help others not feel the pain that we did before right that being said i think there's eventually this acceptance like well shit people are going to go through their thing like no matter what we do there will be suffering 
we, oh yeah we need to accept that it's a matter of like do we wait for it to happen unto us or do we prepare for it and that's kind of the, how like severity is dealt with by and large and i'm painting broad strokes <laughs> very, very, very well stroke. very well done too <laughs> thank you but like that's where like are you going to listen to the wisdom of the ages and sometimes deciphering what that is is sometimes tough but secondarily it's like accepting like as somebody who's hoping to help yep some, they're gonna sit in some stuff and like the best you can do is to say like i'm gonna house a safe enough of a space for you to sit in it as long as you need to for you to be like good on it for you to come to that place of i accept it i'm not going to necessarily attach anything more or less other than like oh that's the lesson i took from that cool i can move on with my life it's yeah. again like you're not broken you're just experiencing this thing and you're looking at it through this lens and you're attaching this feeling to it as opposed to oh this is what i learned cool yeah i don't have to carry the rest of that stuff with me going forward right but this tool I can both share with others mm -hmm. and I also can just move more efficiently through my life because I don't have to carry excess right. weight. Right. Yeah? Yeah. Somebody loses 20 pounds. Like, great. You're not carrying 20 pounds more in your life every day. It's a, it's, and you said journal. Oh, I actually, I love the fact you talked about like the body keeps scores. Like the body's the perfect journal. It's always keep, always keeping score. Like, did you not work out? Or did you work out? It's, it tracked that without mm -hmm. needing you to plug it into a spreadsheet or your, your watch or your app or your, it's like, nah, it took all the nuance in there too. Like also Ooh, yeah. mentally, where were you at when those things happened? Like mm -hmm. what a beautiful thing it is. Oh yeah. I mean, going a little bit deeper into that, you know, I've a martial arts background and uh, what we learned is that, you know, when you're doing an exercise, um, you should, you know, for optimal growth, focus on what you're doing, focus on how your body's reacting and all that kind of stuff. You know, people who go into the gym who are listening to, you know, music or watching TV while they're working out, they've only engaged their body. They haven't engaged their mind. They haven't engaged their spirit into that growth. Uh, and when we engage all three, that growth is exponential and it happens a lot faster. Yeah. So it's, that's what came to my mind when you were talking about it. I'm like, yeah, the body does keep the score. And if you're not paying attention, it's, it's making up its own scoreboard for you. Ooh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Intentional. That is being intentional, I think is really powerful. And, and when we let our, our rampant emotions govern our decisions you don't like the perceived intention is mm -hmm. is blurry it's really blurry in fact how can we be clear and yeah. you know i think that i don't like saying you know a lot but like in, in, instead it's what i'm discovering is mm -hmm. all all things are boiling down to is i just want clarity if i could hear mm -hmm. one thing it's like i just want to feel clear about this one thing Right. Whether it's it's a lesson or what do I'm taking out of it or what do you or what do you want from me in a relationship, whether it's a relationship with your own internal pain or a relationship with your your wife, your kid, your whomever, it's like what do you want? What do you want? <laughs> Give me the one thing that I gotta deliver on. Mm -hmm. so I know how to do the job. And you can more or less say you check the box, 
good job. You get your reward, get your cookie, or just like, you're mm-hmm. happy that I did my job. Cause I, I felt like I was value in this, in this connection and this meaning in this relationship that I deem meaningful, which is, I mean, there's layers of like, what oh, so, can be, what is the meaning of life? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So, like, 42, I think. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, a, an infinite amount of reasons and there could be zero reasons, but it's, right. it's what, the, what, what meaning do we assign to it? becomes this very unique perspective that 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 you know, however anybody wants to grapple with it like is there one way i don't know is there one way and no ways or is there always um but i mean that's a that's a that explodes my skull in that own yeah. thought alone let, let me let me speak a little bit to that because i have a, a client my youngest client actually three years old that kind of illustrates uh, this this yep three years old uh my wife's best friend's youngest daughter um, wow. and she, we were over at their house, uh, shortly after I got through my first set of training and was seeing some people and she's like, Hey, uh, think about taking a bath. And her daughter literally stopped dead in her tracks, started crying. And, uh, she's like, yeah, she has a fear of water, uh, hmm. fear of taking baths, fear of water, all that fun stuff. And she's like, Hey, Rob you think you could help uh, and i'm like well let's see if there's an emotional component here uh, so checked use some muscle testing to see if there was and that turns out there was uh, we found the original file that unresolved conflict uh, was when she was born uh, she was born in water mm-hmm. she had her umbilical cord was wrapped around her neck and she almost died mm-hmm. now her mom and dad feared for her life and you know, we did a little bit of muscle testing to f- find out what the subconscious was thinking why she was showing up with all these different emotions well, turns out the perception uh, and this is a big thing the perception that she had as a newborn was mom and dad don't want me so that picture of i'm born mom and dad don't want me these are the emotions i'm going to feel anguish sadness you know a few other things all play every time she you know came in contact with a body of water i mean that just had no idea why she was crying but that was the reason why so literally shifted you know raced all that negative playbook stuff shifted it with forgiveness and literally her mom at the end of the session's like what do you think about going in and taking a bath and big old grin she's like yeah let's go do that complete 180 wow. so you know our perceptions you know body you know holding on to things the meaning that we give something absolutely has a huge impact on how we show up in every aspect of our lives because sometimes our perceptions are accurate to the truth then there are sometimes that they're not and that's one of the best illustrations i've got from my clients uh, to, you know, illustrate that point. Well, I like that other piece, that little nuance of that, knowing if we're accurate or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It comes back to clarity. Yep. Am I, am I on the right path or am I not? Yeah. I think, again, if we want to bring the, 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 uh, this notion of what is the meaning of life into this, mm-hmm. if, if it's perhaps a journey to discover that, Am I am I on the right spot on that? Am I, am I on the right path, even on that path? And I think so many people struggle with existential 
doubt or fear. Right. That is once we're past this place of like, don't die, don't die, don't die. Don't die. <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh crap, you know, and then, and then it kind of come brings us back down to that uh, level that we were at before. Excuse me, because we're most comfortable with that feeling and that mm-hmm. feeling of like, I know how to solve this problem. At least I can stay in that loop for a while, and then, but yeah, if you decide you always want to stay there, you're always going to stay there. Yeah, people like the idea of change, mm. but they don't like to change. Because, you know, as, as you said before, it's an internal game. You have to look at yourself and looking at yourself in the mirror, not as pretty as you think you are usually. <laughs> but that's probably why we've been avoiding it. And I love that you bring up the mirror. I, I think about people as a mirror, actually. And I just, mm-hmm. you know, at the time of this recording, a couple of weeks ago, I just made a we'll call it a speech as my as i officiated my brother's uh, wedding and i titled it the window in the mirror mm-hmm. because it's exactly like when you look into somebody's eyes they say the quotes like the, the eyes are the windows of the soul and i'm like it's also a mirror because this person is showing you what they see but are you really looking and i think about this a lot like how we're in a day and age where people don't even know how to look each other in the eye mm-hmm. I, I just had that revelation right now whoa okay yep. But yeah. I, on, I'll double down on that. And one of the things from the past few years that I started to really notice was, mm-hmm. especially when I had the gym, was like the amount of people I know that tell me I haven't looked at myself in the mirror naked, let alone like directly at myself. And I, don't, I could not tell you how long. That number <sighs> is staggering. It's wow. almost, almost universal. It's almost across the board where somebody can't sit still and like, who's this person staring back at me? Because as much as just this, like, oh, you're just sitting and looking at a mirror. Yeah. And mm. then once you sit still long enough, then the rest of the thoughts of like, what is that thing that's looking back at me? I can see mm. myself. Woo. Right. Right. Oof. Yeah. So remember that back pain, you know, mm. one of the four things that my body was holding on to yeah. was disassociation. Mm. Uh, so how that showed up, you know, for me was I could not remember my reflection. Literally, when I said I saw myself in the mirror for the first time when I was 36, I really saw myself, you know, and acknowledged who I was. It was all the other times that I'd seen myself in the mirror. I, I've never had an issue looking at myself in the mirror. It was just always, what did I look like when I looked away kind of thing. But it, it was like, I was looking at someone who was not me. Like I had no association with the person in the mirror whatsoever. I wonder how many of the people, you know, you encountered at the gym who said that to you have that disassociation. Yeah. Countless. Countless. I think that, I mean, whether people want to come to terms with this statement i'm about to say like the obesity epidemic Mm -hmm. is directly in my opinion related to that in that we are figuratively and literally just like eating ourselves to death we're just destroying ourselves because we're it's self-loathing like from a psychological standpoint suicide's never been higher Mm-hmm. And from behaviorally related diseases, obesity mm-hmm. being one of them, a catalyst for a lot. 
we are we are literally killing ourselves because we can't we hate what we see in the mirror so mm-hmm. much so that we refuse to look at it yeah crazy it's ins- crazy it is insane and you know there are three reasons a lot of people overeat now uh, from what i've learned one is to not feel they don't want to feel the emotions one is to feel powerful because if everything else is going crazy in their life man i can smash this bag of chips or i can smash that you know pint of ice cream and i am powerful i've i've got control it goes back to that control thing mm-hmm. um, and then the th- third one is storing up for a famine you know i don't know when i am going to get to eat again and you know sometimes that's generational you know that okay. yeah it gets passed down and people will go i don't know why i'm you know thinking this way but uh, well to that effect if you look back at what beauty was seen we'll call it a couple hundred years ago mm-hmm. people that were more overweight or obese like the royalty or whomever mm-hmm. it was because that was seen as sexy because it's a sign of like oh you're good on it like you have enough good food. health you have yeah. enough food mm-hmm. to even be able to accommodate but now of course at that time food's broad strokes because yes there are definitely people who are not getting enough food in this country and in this world right now so let's not let's not negate that but by and large big broad strokes compared to 200 years ago for the most part for the most Mm -hmm. part people know where their next meal is coming from and they know what they got a roof over their head by and large by and large and again that's like not to say that other people do not have a problem with that that is a real thing out there absolutely but that is if we can see that reflection there, that's kind of crazy that, that that's that, but we haven't like turned off, I guess this discussion leads to like societally, we haven't turned off this prime. I don't, I don't think turned off is the right word. I think that's, that's not respecting the vehicle that we have. We haven't come to terms with that. We're operating from this primal brain, mm-hmm. but we've moved into a different level because of it's a, it's an ironic byproduct of our global success. Right. We are here dealing with more or less a spiritual problem. And I know that mm-hmm. probably ruffles a lot of feathers. Oh, but it's so true. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back actually. You know what I said before, like the original the original, the actual Maslow's hierarchy needs. Side story for everybody who has never heard this, and I don't know if you ever did either. I learned about it about two years ago. He released the original one, or his one. Mm-hmm with five, I think this was in the fifties or sixties. It was five, the top of the pyramid is self-actualization. Kind of like, who are you? Yep. The real one, I believe his daughter released uh, after his death, a couple years after his death, Mm -hmm. because she's like, the world needs to see this. He didn't release it because the top of it, I believe Mm -hmm. is transcendence, if I remember correctly, the word. And that is more or less, he was fear like, we're gonna talk about like spirituality. And again, everybody can choose to define things however they want. I've come to a place where I'm like good with like my journey. My personal journey is to learn to accept that I don't know. Right. And, and that's the point because I love saying, I know. I like to be right. <laughs> this is this is me putting my ego, you know, you know, a little bit of ego there. <laughs> oh, for sure. I yep. love being told I was right. I know that for a fact. So much so that I have a sign downstairs somewhere where a friend took a picture of me after I like said I was wrong about something, framed it. It's there. <laughs> I keep that 
Well, I am glad I get to share this with you. I knew you'd appreciate this. Like, That's awesome. I keep it there visibly all the time as a reminder, but like, yo, dude, check it. You mm-hmm. might know a couple things here and there, but the there is so much in this world and mm-hmm. I'm coming to really respect and appreciate that now in my life. Mm-hmm. I know very little compared to the vastness of what is out there. Oh, and I'm, yeah. I, I'm probably not even, I probably haven't even scratched the surface. So like that, and this is my example for people of how I try to uphold the notion of humility in my life to like keep my own shit in check. I wanted to share with these because this is all about like, again, authenticity, nakedness, yep. whatever you want to call it. Here, you guys can all hold me accountable to it too. So that was me just kind of putting that oh, in the to man. Love it, love it. I love that. And I'm, I'm going to have to get my wife to take a picture of me when I admit, you know, <laughs> so I could do the same because I, I want that face. <laughs> I, Bro, it's hysterical. And I love the fact that you're like, you know what? I need, of all people, I need my wife to do that for me. Like that, <laughs> I, I want to pause on that and commend you for how I think that's really beautiful because I think we don't lean on our partners enough and respect our partners enough to say, no, I'm asking you to hold me accountable. Yeah. Not to just share in all the fun stuff. But like I'm asking you to hold me up to what I say I value. That is, and especially I think it's a male trait of like, I want to be right more than anything. We have an ego. Well, I, I, you, you haven't met my wife yet, but you know, we, we, we share that trait. <laughs> I think my wife shares the trait too, but like, I but think there's yeah. some, something stronger in the male ego about that agree. from like a, let's say maybe a historical standpoint of like, that's part of like survival and like providing and like hunt, like that kind of uh, that type of thing. There's like, a, I can put it to a T and like I can have accuracy because of survival stuff. I, I'm just floating some ideas. Like I'm probably I, way I, off. I, I, I think you're right. I think you're spot on uh, to that. We do have, it's a leadership thing. It's like, I've, I've got to be right. I'm the head of the household. I mean, that's what we're told societally yeah. that we're supposed to be. Um, so I've got to be right all the time. <laughs> Yeah, once we say like, hey, I don't know, let's hold space for it. Crazy. Like, like I think this is going to be a fun part to play with. And I was just talking with somebody about it yesterday. It's like, mm-hmm. at all ceremonies, the the award ceremony, I should say, mm-hmm. 99% of the time, they get up there, they do, you know, I think that like the first person they thank mm-hmm. is their mom, not dad, <laughs> not their son, like, 99% of the time it's mom why because mom usually mm-hmm. is like okay honey tell me how you feel okay mm-hmm. go back she out held there. the space i believe they helped held the space i believe in you go mm-hmm. ahead do it again like that belief as opposed to hey i'm right put you under your thumb which i think we also need to come to in society as like we also need to respect the discipline that comes from that, from that authority. Mm-hmm. Like we, we have a strange relationship with authority right now. And I will also put myself on blast because I have a, I really don't like being told what to do. So there's <laughs> that. So yep. again, I just, I apologize when I step in and just like go on my own rant. Oh, no, this no, no, you're, discourse. you're good. I mean, there, there's, there's so many things we could go down, you know, with the authority side of things. Cause I've, I'm right there with you. It's like, don't like to be told what to do, but at the same time, I've learned there are people who are smarter than me who I should be listening to and following their directions. Eat a little bit of humble pie, crow, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> it's 
it ends up going better for me when I do listen to those who truly do have knowledge. Not everyone does. Some people, you know, just some people are tyrants and they just like to, you know, lord it over you. Those people, yeah, it's good to get it out of your life or get out from underneath their thumb. <laughs> but they probably you know. need to go see you and deal with some of forgiveness, man. <laughs> You're carrying some shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> How do you uh, feel the need to control everybody? I don't know. You probably uh, don't feel like controlling yourself. I don't know. Like crazy how that usually works out. The right. In the internal in like lack of clarity is projecting into outward stuff. Whoa, mind boggling. Oh, yeah. I mean, I learned about that from Earl Nightingale, you know. Mm. Um, and, you know, our external life is a mirror or reflection of what's going on internally uh, is yeah so so many you know fun rabbit holes to go down and we could talk for ages on that alone uh, but you were talking about maslow's hierarchy needs and getting to that spiritual awakening if i you know understood you correctly yeah more or less yeah, it, a lot of it, I would agree, is a spiritual issue. It is people don't realize just how much of life is a reflection of our spiritual health. Uh, and for those who don't believe uh, in the spiritual world, it's, you know, that's, that's an interesting conversation to have with someone. Well, that's why he was so afraid to present it when he did, because in that day and age, I think right. it's changing a little bit, but like that day and age, it's like, it was more about um, what we're kind of talking about, like being right, mechanical, can you put numbers to it? And you get yeah. to this weird spot where like, you mean, in many ways, you can't even put a number, like my shtick right now, shtick, I don't even like losing the, the, the thing I, I, the thing I bring up most commonly right now is like, what's happiness? That is a very individual thing. We all have some typical, some overlap, but like mm -hmm. happiness to me is like being able to fully accept who you are and walk in like in consistently in alignment with what you believe. Mm -hmm. If I could, and I think everybody can do that, but like contextually, what does that look like? That is infinite impossibilities because everybody has an a expressively unique past, present, and future. Mm -hmm. So you can't put a number exact on it yet. We all want to put it into this exact category. <laughs> we want that framework. We want that control. We want to be able to go, I fit into this box. And so I'm going to be doing these things and I'm going to be happy. Nope. Not the case. <laughs> it's because it's, I could put my fingers on, I could put my hands on, I could, I could control it, but it's this weird, I'm letting go of that. I'm going to walk forward with what I believe that is an act of faith in and of itself. And I mean, think it it, a year or so ago, no, it's a little longer, probably three years ago. Now I had in my perspective on the word faith flipped on its head and I was reading in a book and it was a business book of all things had nothing to do with God, spirituality, but he dropped this like faith thing. And I was like, faith is an action. The way he said it is like, think mm -hmm. about it from this perspective you walk across the street, you take that step off the sidewalk, you're acting in faith that there's a ground below it. And like, you keep going. Oh, mm -hmm. like you're doing that all the time, whether we think it's that or not, but like that, once it flipped, because it became very practical, it's like, oh, I'm, I have faith in this. And so 
you know, let's use it from a perspective of like, say somebody is going to go to you and, and use your services. I'm mm. act, I'm acting in faith to say, I'm, you know, signing this check or whatever, however the, the financial energy is exchanged. Right. I'm acting in faith that I trust you as a person to help me on this journey. There's no certainty. There's mm. not, but I'm trusting the, pro- the trusting process. process. Yes. Yep. Faith leads to action, which leads to I'm leaning on trusting this person, but it's also trusting myself enough to do this, which I think is this mm-hmm. unique. I am you and you are me at the same moment, which that's a whole head spinner too. But at the tail end of this, we come to belief because it reaffirms the previous notion that we acted on before that we did not have certainty in. Mm-hmm. And but if we can change belief from like, if something needs to be make it more practical, it's like, I accept that this process can work. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Cool. All right. Yep. It, it didn't have, it doesn't have to be more than that, or it can be, it's depending on what, how you want to assign that. Like that's, that's your own bit. Like, but right. I don't know, like that framework that I've sat with of late, actually, ironically, of all things has come up quite a bit. When I think about this, like, oh, that, if we need layman's terms to deal with that, okay, Mm -hmm. because we might not all be able to do that because people are going to, I want, like, this is my truth. Okay, that's your truth. Live your truth, man. Yep. Like, do you, like, I'm, who am I to tell you what to do? I don't want to control your life. The same way I don't want you to control my life. Like, that's, I just love right. your approach in general, man. Like, I just like how you talk. I like how you think. That's why I'm just enjoying this conversation because like you give it space to see like, here's other angles. Yeah, it's, and, and that's that's what I've learned. Like giving different angles, giving different analogies, you know, faith is being certain of what we hope, or give me one second. Uh, it's in Hebrews, uh, you know, Hebrews defines faith a little bit more but it goes to what you're saying um for those of you who are religious and that kind of stuff just contemplate the words uh for a second if i can ever find this and i used to have this memorized a whole lot better um faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance in the things that uh, we do not see you know or the things that have not come to pass yeah, which incorporates belief. Uh, so uh, in the Hebrew, you know, that faith is, you know, trust. Mm. You know, it really, you're trusting in these things to take place. Uh, and you're trusting the person to be able to help you in that journey, you know, going back to that exchange and that relationship. Um, so it, it's so so much of our lives we're trusting these things to take place we're trusting that we'll be able to even take our next breath you know that our our lungs our diaphragm you know all the things that are required to make that mechanism happen are going to function properly Mm -hmm. there and a lot of it we do automatically we just kind of trust that it's going to happen which is not guaranteed. I mean, all people have all kinds of things happen to them, you know, and it's just, you never know, moment by moment, you know, like my, my four friends who passed away, you know, in that one summer, 
they were young, healthy guys under 30 years old, new families. One died from pneumonia, you know, didn't find out how he died until a year later, but he died from pneumonia. You know, how often, you know, did I hear people going, oh yeah, I had pneumonia last week and, you know, just kind of sloughed it off and, you know, I'm back and doing good. All kinds of fun things. Well, not fun things. All kinds of terrible things take place. Uh, but that trust, that faith that, you know, something will happen. And going back to that visualization that we talked about earlier, having faith that we will change, we can change and trust and believing that, you know, faith and belief are key to all aspects of life. You know, you have to believe, you know, you're going to be able to do something in order to do it because yeah, you have a thought there. I'll, I do I'll, actually I'll to, pig, and... if, to piggyback exactly on what you're saying. You use the word confidence a couple of times and trust. And where it took me to was we're borrowing confidence from our past and I can still get through this. But ironically, when we go through these other places, I'm going to use entrepreneurship as an example, because I know a lot of people that own businesses are listening to this. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, from the perspective of like, why does anybody ever hire a coach or anything? It's like, you're borrowing their confidence and mm-hmm. their belief in you. That you are. You, and that I think is profound. And to me, more than anything, because it, to take full ownership of your life and take full responsibility for yourself mm-hmm. is both exhilarating and exciting and in the same moment, terrifying because you feel like you're alone. Mm-hmm. But when you realize, wow, I have this person who believes in me mm-hmm. and might show me the next step in a way that that's how they're doing it, but also hold space for it to be like, I'm going to hold the space to see it. How do you like doing this? And what's your way, which mm-hmm. is taking out that control. Like the space is this masculine framework, right? I'm going to hold it. I'm going to hold something empty for you to figure it out. But the whole reason why I bring this up is like this whole, I am a rock. I'm an Island thing is just simply not true. Nope. <laughs> it's not, we are not going through this life or achieving any success in any way, shape or form without others, without the human connection. I don't care what anybody says. I will probably go to my death. I am right one. there with you. I am yeah. right there. And everyone's in sales too. Uh, but, <laughs> exactly, right? but let me not derail you. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm almost done with my thought on it. And it's like, even from the perspective of like, if you want to build a business, you want to build a marriage, you need to build a family build a community, you need other people to interface with you. Mm -hmm. You either need to follow or you need to be willing to give up control and to follow somebody else's guidance. And both are equally as powerful. And Mm -hmm. it does not mean just because you assumed one role in one place, you can't assume the other role in another. And when we can accept that, that we're not like locked into an identity here and we can accept that what we've talked about before, like, I don't know everything. And, mm-hmm. and, and you, you, the word that came to mind before is um, uh, discernment, to mm-hmm. discern 
when am I not best suited for this role in this environment? And is this person best suited to be in this role too? And am I willing to suspend belief? Am I willing to go there? It, it, it speaks to this, all this to me is really like in my heart resonating around like we do need each other yet we mm -hmm. don't at the same time, which is a very bizarre paradox. But if we can come back to the central theme of like, of this, yep. we're all interconnected in some way, shape or form. And if Absolutely. we don't respect this at a fundamental level, we're not only destroying the other, but we're destroying ourselves at the same time. Mm -hmm. It is. What, what, what comes to my mind, you know, when you talk about that is, you know, that image, that cartoon image of a guy walking up a hill, you know, and he's carrying, you know, that load of rocks, you know, all the different emotions, traumas and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then the guy, there's a guy behind who, you know, kind of helping him out by cutting a hole in that and, you know, pulling out the rocks and that kind of stuff. It, we need help. You know, we, if we try to do it all on our own and be that island, which you're right, no one's an island. <laughs> um, and we can go into all kinds of fun discussions about just the concept of an island and how it's not alone. But, you know, carrying that load, you'll only get so far in life and then you will collapse and you will not do well <laughs> there are all kinds of fun things well mm. i say fun things terrible things can happen um but yeah it's it's about relationships we were designed and created for relationship um and when we don't have that relationship uh, we don't do well uh in, in a church you know metaphor kind of thing uh uh a gentleman stopped going to church and the pastor came over, you know, to his house, you know, in the winter one time and he had a fire uh, in his fireplace, you know, and the uh, pastor comes in, you know, he's invited to sit down. Pastor gets up, takes one of the coals, places it outside of the fire. Eventually that coal stops, you know, burning, you know, gets cold and that kind of stuff. Then the pastor gets up and puts it back into the fire and all of a sudden it lights back up and that kind of stuff. It's about your relationship. Who do you surround yourself with? Um, and uh, they didn't speak a word, you know, to one another. And then the guy's like, okay, pastor, I get it. You know, I'll see you next Sunday <laughs> kind of thing. No, sometimes you don't have to use words, um, but it, it's, it is about relationships. It's about, and we can and should be lifting one another up, encouraging one another, bearing each other's burdens, helping each other unload those burdens, uh, which is really my job, you know, and what I do. I just, so, and that's what you do too as a coach. And we hold that space for people. It, it's needed. Dude, I'm just grateful for you. That's if there's anything that comes away from this conversation is that my feeling of gratitude for you walking into my life and sharing Same. your thoughts and sharing. I don't know if I'm going to die tomorrow, but like, at least we had a moment to share this time together, much like you said, like it's precious. 
we like you know this about me obviously like i do not do well with pithy conversation like let's not just talk about the weather if we want to talk right. about weather <laughs> let's talk about the depth of depth the weather of right? <laughs> like the real like how did clouds really come around like isn't that kind of wild you know whatever oh yeah. you know, yeah, can, we, can we create clouds you know that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but your willingness to just go there be real i, I really you know i feel like it's my duty and my, I, I feel like it's only resp- like a responsible thing for me to do is just share how much I appreciate it. And I, I, I know same. there's going to be somebody out there listening like, shit, I needed to hear some of that stuff today because you never know. And you never know who's listening. And that's, yep. that's really cool what you're doing, man. Um, to that effect, like somebody's listening right now. They're like, yo, I love what this dude's doing. I'm, I'm ready for a new perspective. I, I like how he holds space. I like his, I like his message. What would be the best way for somebody to connect with you? Uh, the best way would be to go to my website, theforgivenesslink.com, and book a weight loss, uh, emotional weight loss session. Uh, yeah, uh, well, they'll definitely come away with, you know, an idea of all the emotional weight that they're carrying and, you know, kind of a plan of action and whether or not it's a good fit for us to work together. And if not, cool. And you have, you know, some things that you can go and start tackling you know, if we do work together, it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I'll put some puzzle pieces together for you and paint a new picture. So any social media links or anything like that? I think you might've already sent me some of that stuff too. So uh, like- yeah, there's uh, some uh, links to the emotional weight loss session. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, if you, you know, search hashtag the forgiveness guy, you'll find all kinds of posts, you know, on different things from high performance anxiety to, you know, depression to, you know, chronic pain and all that kind of stuff. But we also have a Facebook page and Instagram. I'm, I'm learning that realm of things. So you'll, there'll definitely be more stuff coming out. No TikTok yet? Not yet, but I've been encouraged. I've been encouraged. Uh, The, the, we don't talk about Bruno jingle is, you know, something that I will probably be using because, because that's what people, you know, need to talk about. No. Here's my two cents about what I've learned about TikTok. And this has been the most authentic way. And I don't know how much you've seen any of my videos or stuff of late, but like what I've found is like, if I just go for my walk, what I'm doing throughout my day and just talk about the thought in my head. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that resonates most well for me. It's like, yo, here's me. So yep. for what it's worth. I will take that into consideration. Yeah, two, three I, minutes. It makes me, it forces me to just like get to the point much better than usual, but at least three minutes. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to chop this thing up too much. Let's roll with it. So whatever. Yep. Cool. Cool. For everybody listening guys, like I'm going to put that all in the, in the show notes. So don't worry. You can, if you didn't memorize it all or didn't already like quickly punch that into your smartphone, all good. Um, Rob, you're awesome. Any parting words of wisdom, any thoughts, anything else you want to leave the audience with for right now? Uh, a couple of things. One, if you really want to learn, you know, from a very fun and simplistic way of how emotions and uh, memories impact us, go and watch. Uh, oh crap! I just lost the um, <laughs> Inside Out, the movie Inside Out. Fantastic Ooh. display of how the brain, emotions, memories, subconscious works. Uh, two, forgiving yourself is very important forgive others uh, and give others permission to forgive you it i know it sounds kind of cheesy but you know when you say those forgiveness statements out loud and speak them 
it's powerful. It will transform your life. Mm -hmm. uh, so Caleb, it's been fantastic to be here. I'm so glad. And I love what you're doing too. I'm grateful for you. And I'm, I'm grateful that Lisa introduced us, you know, and all the things that will come from the relationship that we have. It's just, I'm excited. Feeling that love, brother. It means a lot. And I'm just excited to see where the future, where the future goes. The fact that I'm like cool with like the uncertainty of it all is like probably the most fun part about it because it's mm -hmm. like the possibilities are endless and that's just the, the new way to look at it. So they really are. They really are. Everybody who's listening, thanks for joining us. Thanks for tuning in. Listen to, to Rob's words of wisdom and just going on this crazy ride with us today. Like I said, I'll put in the show notes where you can get in connect, uh, connected with him. That's all we got for today. Tune in next time. Until next time, I remind you to love everybody.